This is the old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis, the old Trailblazer, riding out on old Dan again this morning. Come on, Dan, let's go. Got to get up, got to get out there and get where the folks are standing around waiting for the old Trailblazer. But this is Pastor Albert Pendarvis, Pastor Pendarvis here at Radio Missions Radio. And uh, we're located here in Walker, Louisiana, 9559 Florida Boulevard here in Walker. But the old Trailblazer is bringing you a series of studies now on Satan's uh, imitation or the Antichrist imitating Christ. But we're looking at a comparison between the Antichrist and Christ Jesus our Lord. That's our subject for the next few days. We're looking there. We saw in our last study, listen now, the born-again believer is always talking about the righteousness of Christ, his only hope of heaven, while the child of the Antichrist is always talking about his own righteousness, how good he is, what type of life he has, what church he belongs to, who, who baptized him, old Dr. So-and-so, he's a charter member of such-and-such such a church. Remember one thing, my friend, the born-again believer is always taken up with Christ, with the Lord, with Christ. There's your difference. We're trying to compare. There's your difference. Listen, the born-again believer is always talking about the Lord. The Antichrist uh, convert is always talking about his, uh, his, his membership in big church or all those things. But listen. He doesn't have a living, he's not a, Christ is not a living reality to that person. Man, I, I've been there, my friend. I was there at one time. Listen, he has delivered you. Listen, let's go back and look. When you begin to talk about Christ and he's delivered you, every child of the Antichrist will leave you. That's right. They get up and go, my friend. They don't want to stay around where you are. They can't extend this, they can't stand this sacrifice. You talk about the blood. Oh, my friend, you asked him about i tell you how you do. You have a friend that keeps talking about his church membership. Ask him, does he know the Lord? I asked my folks here. And I asked my radio audience. We own 125 radio stations every day with this broadcast. And I asked them, are you saved? And I get letters back from folks that tell me oh, they don't understand what I'm talking about. But, but listen, the sacrifices... Of the, of the dividing line between the child of the Antichrist and the born-again believer is a sacrifice. The dividing line. The born-again believer loves a sacrifice. The Antichrist child doesn't love the Antichrist, doesn't love the sacrifice, my friend. Oh, no. Do you know anything about the sacrifice? Do you know anything about the sacrifice, my friend? Do you understand that Christ is our sacrifice? Let me tell you this story. Maybe I'll have time to tell it. It's a true story. After the Civil War was over up there in Tennessee and everything was about to shut down, they had five Southern soldiers had been arrested for treason, and they were going to be shot on a certain day of the week. And this one man is all uh, pretty well young men, most of them were, but they had a pretty older older man in the company uh, that was uh, arrested with them. So they had a date set to for the firing squad, that's how they did. So this young man, little young man over there in the same company, he went to his commanding officer and he said, Sir, old Joe over there said he has a family, wife, and four children down there in Alabama. And, and he, he's, could I just take his place? Now, I know that sounds, sounds far out, but it's a true story. He said, Sir, I can't do that. I can't. I don't have that kind of authority. He said, well, would you see if you could get that authority? 
I, I just want to take old Joe's place. He's got a wife and four children down there in South Alabama. So as the story goes, he got permission. He got permission to do it. And the morning come, and they lined him up, and the four men and this one young man shot him like they're supposed to. That wasn't uncommon. The war was ended, and old Joe went home back down there in South Alabama somewhere, had a little old farm. And later on, his children got a little bigger. He told, he said, you children, come on now. We're going up Tennessee. I want to tell you all a story and show you all something. That's where the execution took place. Found that little old cemetery up to under old live oak trees and found that little old grave all sunk in. And he took his pocket knife and went to cutting the grass around it and mounted it up a little bit and went to cry and said, son, mama, this man here buried took my dad, took your daddy's place. And he told him that story, how this man... Now, my friend, that's a sacrifice. He sacrificed his death to save that old Joe. But, listen, the far greater sacrifice is when our Lord went there on the tree. No one no one caused him to do that. He went there of his own volition. He, he came to make a, a sacrifice for my sins and yours if you'd come to him. Are you saved this morning? Oh, my friend, listen. Let's notice another comparison between Christ and the Antichrist. In Philippians 2.13, we find these words. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. For it is, a, it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. We see here that Christ works. He works in the hearts and lives of his child. He's ordained to good works, Ephesians 2.10. The born-again believer recognizes that all of his works in Christ are according to his grace, the grace of God. Having been brought down to the place of repentance, to the place of helplessness and hopelessness, and having been saved by the grace of God, he realizes and understands that if there is anything worthwhile accomplished in and through him, the Holy Spirit will have to do it. He can give his testimony, tell how God saved him in Christ, but he realizes that the Holy Spirit will have to carry that testimony home to the heart of any individual who hears him, or it will make impression, make no impression on him. He knows that that uh, he knows to bring that individual to a mere decision for Christ is not salvation. Oh, I hear these modernistic preachers and free will preachers say, give me my Bible in the center, and in 10 minutes I can lead him to Christ. No, no, you can lead him to a decision. You can with a, with a heart tear-jerking uh, sermon, and I've heard those things. I have, my friend. And I've, 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 I've been in those easy-believing churches where they, I, I, man, one man told me that he was going to one of those churches, and uh, it's trying to get someone to, to make a decision for Jesus. And they said, said they sung, uh, why not tonight, 15 or 20 times, waiting to get somebody to come down to the front and shake the preacher's hand. Finally, some fella got up and went and done it so they could go home. Oh, but listen, my friend, a child of the Antichrist is always wanting to bring that individual to an immediate decision right there on the spot. Ah, we've got to win him right now. Win him now on the spot. And that's the spirit of the Antichrist. Got to win him right there on the spot. Bring him to a decision right now while the iron's hot, they say. 
We've got to decide for Christ now. Listen, listen. Now is the time. All right, there's your difference. He knows that salvation is an inward work of the Holy Spirit in the heart of that individual, and his one plea is, Lord, all my strength and help cometh from thee. He is constantly throwing himself by faith upon the mercy and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, Christ worketh also. The Antichrist worketh, according to Ephesians 2, 3. Wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh or of the mind. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience is the spirit of Antichrist. The Antichrist worketh. He worketh in the children of the disobedient. He lets them have their desire of their own flesh, which manifests itself in the in the uh, in this respect. I have to have some pleasure. I have to have some outside in, in satisfaction. So they see no harm in the picture shows and uh, other things worldwide. They're just as much uh, children of disobedience as the rankest infidel in the world. They have transferred all the desires of the flesh under the infant. Un, under listen now, they have just as much. They have much children of disobedience as the rankest infidel in the world. They have transferred all of the desires of the flesh under the cloak of religion. They live and carry on their lives as they always have, in the cares of this life and the pleasures of life, because they are the children of the Antichrist. They have never learned obedience to the gospel because they have never known Holy Spirit conviction or Bible repentance. No, you speak of Bible repentance, they don't know what you're talking about. No, I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about, my friend. Visit your average young people's Bible class. <coughs> I've been there. I know what I'm talking about. They're talking about the socials that they attend, the parties that they gave, or the ones that uh, they're going to give. They're not uh, taken up with the Lord. No. I, I'll just tell you this. Um, I have a grown granddaughter now. When she was in high school, she went to a to a Baptist school and uh, a good school, a good school. And my wife would go by and pick her up on Wednesday evening and on our way to our church, and we'd go eat supper and take her with us. But we'd get there a little early, and as soon as they got through uh, playing volleyball, that's what she was doing, as soon as they got through playing volleyball, girls' volleyball, so they started moving all kind of musical equipment, trombones and drums and all into that building, auditorium. And uh, I said, darling, what what is all that? She said, Papa, that's a contemporary church. The old people are in yonder in the main building. This is for the young people. They have what they call contemporary church, and they have all of these a youth leader and brass band. Oh, my friend, that's not that's not how that's not how you get saved. Oh, it's so it's so rampant now, though. Listen, they're not taking up with the Lord. <clears throat> Listen now, and. Uh, they're talking about the parties and they're all of those things. And they're not taken up with the Lord. And go into the average junior classroom in your church and you'll find a rebellious bunch of kids cutting up, 
They're not talking about the Lord. The teacher's not talking about the Lord to them. You can't get them to attend prayer meeting. No. And yet, the preachers will tell them those children are saved beyond because they are members of that church. Also, I'll give you another instance. Most churches that I know of today have what they call decision days. I have time to tell you this. The, the pastor gets the Sunday school teachers ready. They tell them we're going to have a decision days now on certain, certain day. Get the children ready so that day comes. The children are all prompt and prime, and they bring them into the auditorium, the 11 o'clock service. The pastor asks them, to, how many of them wants, to, be, wants to, to trust Jesus? Well, they all do. Say, so be back tonight. Now bring Papa and Mama with you. We're going to baptize you. They bring all those little old 9, 10-year-old children back. And they date their salvation to that day, and they're no more saved than a, than a hog with a side saddle. Now, my friend, I know, I know, I'm not, I, I can't say what I'd like to say, but it's so sad, my friend, is that those children will go through life thinking they were saved back there because they were baptized in a 12 o'clock service when they was eight years old, nine years old. And don't say that don't happen. I know it happened. I've seen it happen. And I know several folks have told me it happened in their church. But, oh, my friend, let me ask you, why, how about you? Are you saved? Was that, was that what happened to you, my friend? Can you look up at night and say, thank you, Lord, for saving a poor old sinner like me? Can you do that? I like to go out on my back porch in the evening, I've told you. Look up into the starry skies about dust, dust dark. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving old Pitt Darvish. Oh, my friend, I wish I could sit down by your side and tell you how the Lord saved me. But listen, we'll be back tomorrow in the next study and bringing you studies on the Antichrist. We're going to get to what we call the meat of the matter for long. We just bring you an introduction, so to speak, who's, who the Antichrist is and what his techniques are. But remember, my mailing address is the old Trailblazer, Post Office Box, 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. And my phone number here is area code 225-664-8658. I wish you would help me with the broadcast just a little if you could. You Maybe you say, well, I wouldn't help that guy with nothing. Well, uh, that's all right. You, you, you do what you want to do. Most folks do. But anyhow, may the Lord's richest blessings rest upon you. Until next time, goodbye and God bless you.